Welcome back to Production Music Demystified with Media Tracks Music, a microcast of Music Works. Today we have the pleasure of welcoming David Newton, Relationship Manager for Media Writers and Publishers at PRS for Music. Welcome David, lovely to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. So in this final episode of the Microcast series we will discuss the rights music creators of production music have access to as well as how these are paid out and the rights differences between production music and commercial music. So before we head over to our studio, here's an advert from our sponsor. Music Works is sponsored by the Musicians' Union. I'm a member of the Musicians' Union. It's the trade union for musicians living and or working in the UK. And it's a community of 32,000 members working to protect musicians' rights and campaigning for a fairer industry. As well as campaigning to fix streaming and keep musicians working in the EU post-Brexit, the union collectively bargains for musicians working in orchestras and theatres and sets minimum recommended rates for freelance musicians working in other sectors. Its expert staff provide contract advice, legal advice and assistance and a range of benefits and services to help musicians in every aspect of their work. Be part of something bigger and get the recognition you deserve. Join now at the mu.org. So welcome Dave, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Glad to be here. <laughs> Looking forward to getting stuck into what all this means. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start by talking about the, the different forms of music you can use in the production, <clears throat> right? That's right, yeah. So uh, what I try and explain at the start with regard to production music is, is the three different pieces of music or different sorts of music that, that, that people, music users can use in their productions. Um, so you'll have commission music where the company or the person will ask a composer to write a bespoke music for their production, used a lot in films and a lot in major TV series. Um, you can then also include commercial music within your production. So that would be a, a pop song, a, a song which has been in the charts and been commercially recorded. And the other piece of the other sort of music you can use is production music, which is essentially music written to be taken from a library and, and placed in programming. Great. So what does that mean in terms of rights then? Obviously, that's a really useful clarification of those three yeah. different routes. Yeah, so the commission music, it's essentially you will be, in the nature of the term commission, the, the composer will be paid a sum of money and commissioned to write a piece of music for the production. So that covers the any mechanical elements. So it's a commissioned piece of music paid for by the creator of the production. Commercial music would be used used a lot in adverts at the moment. You'll see it's quite quite heavily used in that and different programming. Now, for commercial music to use it in in, a, in an advert, we we we'll use adverts as a good example. To use a piece of commercial music in an advert, you would have to get the the clearance from the music publisher for the actual musical work you would then have to probably get clearance from the actual record label as they own the master rights for the work and you, you may have to get some clearance through ppl for performance rights as well so for commercial music you've got to go to a few different people and it takes a little bit longer to clear for production mm. music because production music companies are essentially music publisher and record label all in one so they own the, the, the recording rights and they can then allow people that can clear them straight away so essentially a production music company is a one-stop shop so if an ad agency wants to use a piece of production music in their commercial that music is all pre-cleared for them 
They'll go to the production music company. They'll use their website. They'll source the piece of music they want to do, and they'll buy it by paying MCPS for a license. The beauty of it is it's, it's all pre-cleared, so you can get it very quickly if you need it, if you need to change around. And that's that's essentially the difference between those three forms of music. Great. That's really clear. And so within that, you've mentioned a few different types of rights. I wonder if the next good, good next step would be to talk about the, the different types of rights that are needed to use a piece of music and where they're licensed from. Yeah, so that you would need the publisher, the music publisher. So you've got a music publisher and a record label. The music publisher actually owns the work as it were the record label owns the recording so they're the two rights within the work so when you say the publisher owns the work does that mean the the sort of written down version of the work yeah the actual yeah. The, the, the creative part of the work yeah there's also so you've got that mechanical side of it you've also got on the performer rights society as well you need to get clearance from the prs to use that use the music Okay, so they're the, they're the different rights that we use. There's also PPL, and that's for the actual performers within the piece of music. They need to be contacted and clearance needs to be made with them as well. Yeah, so PPL for performers, PRS for the recording. The performance of the actual the public performance of the, of, the, yeah. of the piece through through right. TV or, or radio or anywhere like that. Yeah. It's so complicated, isn't it? Um, <laughs> And that's then, why mcps yeah. production music is really easy <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely and so yeah so for production music all of this is covered by the production music it's label. all covered all the mechanical rights the musical work the clearance of the musical work the clearance of the the actual recording and any, any public performance rights are cleared and the prs cover the actual the the broadcast rights great so from the point of view of somebody um, wanting to write production music who perhaps hasn't done it before or has written it but is, look is looking to, to get it used. What do they need to know about rights? So the rights that they need to know is essentially what normally happens is if you have your music in a, in a production music company, you should expect to receive your performing royalties. So it's normally a 50-50 split with a publisher for performance royalties. Composer or composers will receive the 50% uh, performance. Uh, and the publisher will receive the 50% performance for their publishing. Okay, so that won't change. What What is pretty much traditionally the view there is that essentially the publisher will collect all the mechanical payments made to them and whatever agreement that composer has with the publisher, the publisher will then pay those that composer any mechanical payments that may be due to them. Mm. Right. So essentially it's, it's a little bit like a, a, a composer in a, in, of a commercial piece of music because essentially what you'll see is that publishers will be collecting 100% but there'll be a, a contract between the publisher and the composer outside of PRS and MCPS where there'll be a payment made yeah so are composers therefore expecting to receive payments from multiple different sources I really like you've just said that the publisher will deal in the, in the case of production music the publisher will deal with all of these things and make one payment to the composer is that right for mechanical for, yeah for mechanical, for mechanical. Yeah. so yeah. for example if we'll, we'll stick with the tv advert one because it's quite a good one to use so an advertising agency wants to use a piece of music it's a production piece of music they will pay mcps a license fee a one-off fee to use the, to actually place that piece of music within the commercial the synchronization of the music into the commercial a one-off fee that will be paid to the publisher based on the shares bit. So that's your mechanical payment for that TV advert. When the actual TV advert goes on to television and is shown and broadcast throughout the UK, 
that will be reported to us and the, the composer and the publisher will receive the PRS performance monies. Yeah. So that that's essentially what you're paying for. The ad agency is paying the sync fee direct to the publisher, the synchronization fee. Yeah. So you are you have got then multiple different routes of payment for one piece of music. There's the the point at which it's taken yeah. on, the point at which it's aired, which presumably is continuous for the amount of time it's on. That's right. Use. Yeah, yeah. And, and repeats. Any repeats yeah. are paid by PRS. So that's the PRS payments. For, yeah. uh, and they also receive payments from the large blanket deals with, which we have with the BBC and ITV, where payments will be made for mechanical use on a repeat basis as well. Great. That's really helpful to hear. So I think this is uh, somewhat of a knotty thing for uh, for writers of, of music of any kind to, to understand yeah prs is easy prs is easy. basically you assign your right of collection to the to the prs and they have blanket deals with anybody mainly yeah. blanket deals of all broad because it's the public performance so all broadcasters are going to a public uh, uh audience mechanical can be different there's different deals between different broadcasters and different production companies so it all it gets a little bit more complicated in in the world of mcps and mechanical payments mm. well thank you for uh, for speaking to that as well that's been really really useful so you're the relationship manager for for media writers and publishers so yeah. can i ask what kind of questions do people usually come to you with what we normally do is obviously once there's a we, we make a number of distributions a year at prs uh both performance and mechanical distributions um and they normally come to me if uh, something might have gone wrong <laughs> and the payment hasn't been received there's different reasons why that might be maybe uh, the, the music hasn't been reported to us um so i deal with their queries and we typically try and um, maximize the, the their payments for them Funny enough, on the mechanical side, on production music side, very few queries to do with the actual licensing. The licensing works really well through what we call the rate card and um, where, where a music user will refer to the rate card and say, right, okay, I want to use a piece of production music. It's £500 for a month in the UK. It's all laid out and it really is good and it works well. So we get very few queries at all. Brilliant. Well, that's been really useful and very clear. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to to let our audience know about, about this uh, mystical world? Uh, <laughs> um, well, there is actually quite a lot of information uh, available just, just by Googling it. You can Google MCPS um, production music. You can Google MCPS broadcast distribution. It's all there on the website. Yeah. And, and to any composer who wants to get into this field, essentially keep trying hard because I know a lot of people do I know a lot of website a lot of production music websites will have contact us if you want music to upload but it's it's a lengthy you know keep at it I would say but once you're there you should expect your publisher to do pretty much all of your admin work for you for, for any music you've got on their website um, so including collecting or querying any unpaid performance usage because that part of that is the publisher's job mm, excellent tip thank you Wonderful. Um, we shall round it off there. Thank you so much, David. Okay. Really well, thank you. Thanks for having me.